Welcome to the Aging Project Off Season. I'm Shelley Craft, your host and fellow ager on the same journey as you. I believe it's important to mix things up in life, and that belief extends to this podcast. So, in our very first off season, expect to hear stories from wonderful people who've caught our attention. We want to share real stories that inspire us and get us thinking about our own aging well journey. Thank you so much for listening and being part of the Aging Project community. We're thrilled you have joined us once again. I think it would be fairly safe to say that most women are more likely to prioritise a hair appointment over a skin check. I don't think that's just me. Here in Australia, despite skin cancer being Australia's disease and the statistics, many of us who grew up with the Slip Slop Slap campaign back in the 80s have become a little complacent when it comes to our skin. I know that I have, and it's pretty easy to do. Of course, when we go to the beach, sunscreen and a hat are a non-negotiable. But day-to-day, the incidental stuff like driving, waiting for the kids, going for a walk, I am more complacent. Given two in three Australians will be diagnosed with skin cancer by the age of 70 and about 2,000 Australians, old and young, die from skin cancer each and every year, I think we all need to get it together when it comes to protecting our skin. Please let me welcome today's guest. She is the wonderful, the one and only, Deborah Hutton. I could have spoken to Deborah on a million topics, and I certainly hope to get that opportunity again one day. But she is here to share her own story, and I have to say it's a very powerful one. Enjoy today's conversation. I think, Deb, this one should be called Get Off Your Ass and Get Your Skin Checked, which is a quote from you. (laughs) I believe we just cut to the chase. Everybody knows you. Everybody loves you. Um, And it really is a a wonderful message, as blunt as it is. Um, Obviously, something that is now so, you know, deep in your soul um, and something that you're really, really passionate about. So let's just get to it. You are now spending your celebrity well. Um, <laughs> oh, you have done Oh, look, I have. It's all here for me. But no, I've just finished watching your, your doco, Skin Deep, which everyone can find on YouTube. Um, right. I advise that right. everybody sits down with everybody in their family and actually takes note of this because yeah. I, I, you're right, we're all a little bit complacent about skincare and some can, uh, skin cancer and, of skin course, cancer, yeah. just our life, being in the sun. That, that's who we are as a nation. Um, but things have got to change, don't they? Yeah, look, you know, the thing is we're Australian. We live in a beautiful country. We primarily live around the coast of Australia. We're always, we our whole culture is to live outside. We love to have lunch, go to the beach, have picnics, you know, go for walks, runs, whatever, play golf, doesn't matter what it is. We're drawn outside and we live in a really harsh climate and we sort of think, oh, well, we've kind of got this lackadaisical attitude to it and and it's partly joined in with that sort of bronzed Aussie, like it's really cool to have a tan. And as I found out from that Skin Deep, um, um, that show that I worked on, we shot it for over three months and talked to some extraordinary professors and and surgeons, your skin is an absolute trauma when it's being burnt. (laughs) And, and, you know, and those, um, and you're setting yourself up at such a young age. We don't think about it. I mean, I've got, I've got shots of me as a baby and, um, you know, I'm out on the beach on the Gold Coast because I, I spent many years as a child in Queensland and I'm out there, you know, playing with my sand bucket and, you know, there's no hat on or anything like that. But I also have shots of me holding all my dollies and they've got hats on. But <laughs> I don't have a hat on. And it's just, you know, we're kind of 
you're kind of seeding it at such a young age. As one of the surgeons said, you're kind of planting these seeds and you don't know. It takes years and decades for all this all this trauma that the skin's been under to come to the surface. And that's when you get to my age and, and before that because I had, you know, my first bout with skin cancer was about 12 years ago. So from your sort of, you know, your 50s onwards, yeah, everything that you've invested in every day, every bit of coconut oil, Every time you got since it's all just gonna so it's all just gonna come back and go, Hi, here I am. That's uh, the ugly side of of your life in the sun. And and that's the thing I suppose for me, one of the best things that happened to me um was skin cancer because that photograph that I took uh after my second surgery was so brutal. Um I, I looked at it and went, That's just really ugly and I posted it. But what's the best thing about that is it's given me a platform. And as you say, it's something that at least uh, I can talk about it authentically. Mm-hmm. And I'm, it's, I really care. I really, I can see people frying and I can see people not wearing proper hats. And, and I just want to go out there and I just want to shake them. But as my boyfriend says to me, he said, you can't tell people, like you said, get off your ass <laughs> and get your skin checked. He said, you can, you can strongly suggest. He said, that's the best way of putting it. I went, okay, well, I strongly, strongly suggest. suggest. Strongly suggest that you get your skin checked once a year at least. <laughs> but it is, it's like being a reformed smoker, isn't it? When you actually find something that you are deeply passionate yeah. about. And sadly, that, that often comes from trauma or a dramatic experience, life experience. You find something that you want to put your heart and soul into and you do want to run down onto the beach like the crazy lady going, where's your skin cream? Where's your sun cream? Um, I get it. I get it. I, I grew up you I know. Know, on the beach as well and everyone I think in Australia would have that photo of them nude as a toddler, yeah. you know, eating sand, yeah. completely yeah, starkers on the beach. That's it. So you're saying that's it actually, it. As, as the surgeon described you, those seeds... It does start affecting yeah, your cells from the minute you step into the sun. Correct. And it was just a great analogy because I could sort of see it. He said, you know, it's, and the way he sort of said it, it's like you're just starting the process. And you go, oh, you know, you're kind of these, these skin cells are in trauma. You're burning them. Mm. And then they have this sort of, they, they protect themselves by turning a different colour, you know. It's like you're toasting something. And, of course, now all these cells are just in such trauma and then we keep doing it and doing it over and over. And the thing is, even if you try and look after yourself, you've got this sort of cumulative effect of being out in the sun. Even if you don't lie in the sun, um, you know, it's it, it, you're still building on that, on that skin trauma. And it's interesting... On that particular show, and I do advise people to watch it because it was it was really well put 100%, together. Really it was beautiful. Produced. Yeah. Um, there was when I went to Townsville, which is you know Australia's um, skin cancer capital of the world. Um, I, I was walking around because I had one of my um, Canopy Bay hats on, obviously, all the time, and and I walked into this um, this store and I thought, oh, maybe she might like to, you know, she might like to sort of find out about my hats. I thought they looked really good over there. <laughs> anyway, I was chatting. I was chatting to her. And um, and she said, "Oh, I knew you. I knew you were from out of town because you're wearing a hat." <gasps> and I was like, I-, "I beg your pardon." She said, "No, nah, locals around here we don't wear any hats." And I just sort of stood there a bit, like I was I was just completely stunned by mm-hmm. it. Um, and it's just you know. So anyway, I spoke to one of the the um, skin cancer specialists up there, and she said, 
It's not that you're lying in the sun, she said. It's it's the women who are picking up the kids and standing outside for half an hour waiting for the kids to come out of school. Mm. It's getting from your car and having to walk longer to get to the shops. It's it's all those little incremental mm. bits that we don't think about. You think, well, I'm not going to lie in the sun today, so why would I put on any sunscreen? But the way it was explained to me, I thought it's absolutely true. All the bits in and out, in and out, sitting in the car, you still cop it. Mm. So that's why it's like, you know, pop your sunscreen on every day because it's incrementally you're just getting it. And look, we live in Australia, the ozone layer is stuffed and, you know, we just got to be just sensible about it, Shelley. It's just, you know, know, it's being present and knowing and understanding rather than just dismissing it like, oh, she'll be all right. But that's our attitude, isn't it? Oh, look, something's going to get me. And I think we do consider it, even though it's, it's Australia's disease, we assume that it only happens when we're older and perhaps when we're teenagers and in our 20s, we don't care. We want the tan and we're prepared to pay the consequences and yet we don't really understand how severe those consequences are. Um, I know in your doco you've interviewed this beautiful young girl. She was 25. Was she Carmel? Yeah, that's right. 25 and she had a melanoma on her leg. Yeah, and the interesting thing about Oshina was that she went to her doctor. You see, there's, there's very few dermatologists, a lot of skin doctors out there, and a lot of them, they haven't done the six years to become a derm, so they can misread things. So you can go to your doctor or you can go to some skincare specialists, and I think they only do about six months, and then they can call themselves that. And and she went to see, the first time she went to see a doctor, and they sort of said, oh, I think you'll be right. It looks, doesn't look like it's dangerous to me. So she, she walked out, and then within herself, she listened to her own intuition, mm-hmm. and she said, I just felt something wasn't right. So she went and got a second opinion and sure enough, it was melanoma and she's 26. And so she had a huge, a huge chunk cut out of her leg, but you know, it had gotten into a certain stage. She has to be really careful now. Mm. And she's 26, just got married, little baby. And you, and you think, okay, this is not just an old person's disease. Mm. This is something that, um, you know, a mate of mine um, started Skin Check Champions. He lost his surfing mate at 26, and that was just a guy who just, he had no idea. He had a spot all of a sudden that's melanoma, and he died um, He died sort of six months later. So you've got to have a relationship with the sun. Mm. You've got to have a relationship with the sun. You can't hide indoors. Well, we need our right? vitamin D too, don't we? I mean, we, do, we, we talk exactly. about that a lot as being part yeah. of our wellness. Yeah, um, yeah. Correct, Just got to pick, pick so your times, pick your hours. <laughs> Pick your hours. Get out there first thing in the morning and if you, you know, go walking, do something sort of 4 o'clock onwards or 3 to 4 onwards in the afternoon, choose your times and, and yes, you, you do need mm-hmm. that. And and that's an important thing as well because I take I take vitamin D supplements because, <laughs> weirdly, uh, you know, you can easily become quite deficient. Mm-hmm. So it's important to kind of, you know, it's kind of ironic. But anyway, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I just wish, Shelley, that with all these influences out there, you know, um, the Kardashians allowed us to have big asses. Fantastic. <laughs> we applaud the female <laughs> shape. I love that. I just wish we could find a few high-profile influences that would just say pale is beautiful mm-hmm. and stay out of the sun and trying to protect the sun. And it's very it's very much an English thing. And I'd see incredible skin and I'd look at sort of friends of mine who have English background and I go, oh, my God, you've never seen a day in the sun. They say no and I look at them and they go, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I just wish it became kind of a fashion trend. That would be the best thing that could happen. Yeah. 
if you know. Honestly, it would be. It would be fantastic. Like, no. You're so right, though. You see the, the beautiful red head and the freckles or, you know, you take Kate Winslet, for example. Like everybody yeah. looks at her and just goes, oh, my goodness, look at your beautiful face. But by the time we get to our 20s, it's it's too late for most Aussies. Like if you're if yes. you're not of, you know, that origin or, or have the pale skin already, you've had 20 yeah. years in the sun before you even know it. Just a quick YMTI break in today's show. Ladies, have you visited youmusttryit.com yet? If not, why not? <laughs> we have designed this store for us. We've done the research to support your aging well journey from low-tox makeup, skincare, perfume, supplements, and much, much more. Oh, and we have some lovely gift packs ready to go too for you and your loved ones just in time for Christmas. After listening to today's episode, go and check us out, youmusttryit.com. All right, now it's back to the show. I'm fascinated with the difference between skin cancer and melanoma because they are very different. And I know, you know, I hate to put it on you as a, as a scientist, but I know you've done a lot of no, research no, no. now. It's, it's really, look, it, 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 it's all a form of skin cancer, mm-hmm. okay? So you can start off, there's BCCs and SCCs. So you've got your basal cell carcinoma, mm-hmm. which is what I've had. Mm-hmm. And there's different varying types. There's some skin surface ones and there's ones that are infiltrating. Mm-hmm. So they can actually bury down into your bloodstream, okay? So that's what I have, infiltrating BCC. Oh then there's SCCs, which is squamous cell carcinoma. They're both quite dangerous. Mm-hmm. And then you go to melanoma, which is it's the one that can kill you. It's also, actually, by the way, so can the BCCs mm-hmm. and the SCCs because this is what I found out. So 95% of skin cancers happen around the head and neck area, right? right? Because this is the area that's most exposed, usually clothed or whatever mm-hmm. it is. But 95% of them are that. And a lot of, and 95% of them are the non-melanoma skin cancers, mm-hmm. so the ones I just described, BCC, SCC. But there's obviously different types and they come in all different shapes and sizes. So you and I could never go, oh, that's a, this is the best CC or whatever mm-hmm. it is. It's like, you know, I had one taken out that I couldn't even see. So... But what the scary thing is that if the BCCs and the SCCs are, are, are left unattended, they can infiltrate the bloodstream right. and then it can travel. And just pop up so the, anywhere. They could just pop up anywhere. And, and, and you can also get them removed. But if you're too late and they have entered the bloodstream at some stage and you don't know this, there can be a recurrence. It's like 10 to 15% of SCCs can reoccur. Mm-hmm. So this is why the importance of getting on the front foot and getting your skin checked is so insanely important because you just get on it. And particularly with melanoma, if you get onto it early, you're fine. If you get onto it too late and it goes to stage four, I hate to say it, but you, you're, yeah. You're toast. It, 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 it's all over. I don't know how long it's going to take, but, you know, it'll, it'll come back. And there was a beautiful man, Richard Fleming, who I interviewed on that Skin Deep show. Was a, he was a truck driver, had extraordinary reconstruction. He had a massive cancer that took over his jaw and his ear and, and um, I spoke to him the other day because he's such a lovely man. We're talking about something and something's come back in a different area so he's finding it really hard to breathe. So he's got a tumour that's now um, travelled down to his esophagus and obviously that's related. So you, it's all skin cancer mm-hmm. and you've just got to make sure that you've got the right eyes looking at mm-hmm. you and getting onto it early. And, and if I may say, it's it's it, the areas, the regional and rural areas are the people who are the most exposed to the sun all the time because generally they're outdoors, they're farmers, livestock, whatever mm-hmm. it is, they're out mm-hmm. there. And unfortunately they're the areas that are really lacking in support in terms of getting, um, 
you know, skin checked or, you know, having derms out there. I mean, look, you know, you can see the issue with how few doctors there are and, and what's difficult. And they're all not, you know, they're all not um, skin cancer aware. They might see a spot, but, you know, there's a lot of help and stuff in the city. But when you're in the regional areas, it's, it's really difficult. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's an absolute issue. It really is a, a big problem, particularly for those areas. Well, it's Australia's problem, isn't it? I mean, we obviously yeah. have the highest rate in the world. There is no avoiding our sun here. As you said, the ozone shot. So every time you do step out into the sun, you are completely exposed. Yeah. Do you think that's why we, we don't take it as seriously as, as we could? Like we hear obviously about foreign diseases and, and conditions that affect maybe it is that ridiculous thing about high-profile people. If you're not hearing about it every day, oh, yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know why we're I, not more aware. I mean, I grew up in the well, 80s. I, you I, had I, your I, whole slip-slop-slap and, well, I was about to say, you know, the next yeah. generation, my kids, they're not allowed, no yeah. hat, no play, that's the rule there. There's exactly sunscreen right. pumps, you know, on every desk yeah. um, at the school. Yeah. Is it just so, our generation in the middle here that's kind of missed the mark? Yeah, look, look, it is. Um, and um, look, there was a piece um, in the telly the other day by uh, a journalist, and Angela Mollard, who wrote something, and, and uh, it was really interesting. And she said that there's a lot of um, a lot of young people are not using sunscreen mm-hmm. because it's um, there's a particular chemical in a lot of sunscreens that is that is not great for you. So if they're trying to sort of preserve their body and they want to be clean and they're vegans or whatever mm-hmm. it is, they won't they won't uh, I think it's called oxybenzone and they won't they won't wear sunscreen because of that reason. So there's a lot of so the products are also developing mm-hmm. and if you if you're concerned about that there's actually quite a few products that have that don't have that particular chemical in it. Um, but I, I think the government needs to step in here because it is our nation and our issue. And as I said, he correctly said, you know, overseas people look at this as that's Australia's disease is skin cancer. So if there's any surgeons that, that are over in um, in the States and they need help with something, they will contact the Chris O'Brien Lifehouse, you know, Cancer Hospital. Mm-hmm. They will come here for the experts to so understand, you know, how they should um, mm-hmm. deal with skin cancer surgeries around the world if there was some kind of a national program or a national skin check program it took so long you think about um, mammograms and stuff mm-hmm. that you know at least we gone on to breast cancer and the government yep over a certain age you know go and get your mammogram get your breast checked yeah. and and that's now put in place that took enormous amount of energy on and 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 pushing on behalf of a lot of people to get that done but it got but it, it happens and yeah. it's fantastic yeah and I think this is something that would be great to have a push and really say to them is there's some way that we could make it or even if it's more of an awareness campaign. The slip stops that was great. But you know, young people don't know that one. And, you know, it's something where it's just becomes part of our understanding of being Australian, mm. that there's a danger that's there. Um, the more we can talk about it, the more we can um, spread the word. I just hope it gets mm. out. But it does concern me that whole piece that she wrote the other day on the Telegraph that all these young people are just not, not doing dealing it. with it and they're just not putting any sunscreen on at all. No, I'm like the old woman who wants to go down and just slap <laughs> Well, you pretty much did that in Skin Deep, didn't you? You took that light down to Bondi, which yeah. shows, and if you have obviously, you know, we're, we're talking to an audience of mainly women here, we go and have skin treatments and they do put that light over and you're just like there's so much damage under there. You can cover it up all you like and you can have as many yeah. feels as you want, but it's yeah. deep in there. And I think that yeah. was the scare tactic that in that docker was like, yes, okay, 
Like it's it's there. And I said even during COVID, like if you can't, when we're all in lockdown, blah, 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 it was very difficult for, for everybody. But if you can't not go outside, shave your eyebrow because then you're not going to be want to be seen in public. Are you? And and it's kind of the same with this. Obviously your cancer was right here on your face, um, mm. very prominent once you had it cut out. Could could you see it? Is that why you went? Or was that one of the ones that you couldn't even, you didn't even know well, not, was there? There was, there was one that I could see. It was so tiny. It was like a pinhead and the one I couldn't mm. see. And it was just before we, uh, before COVID sort of went into full swing and they were starting to do lockdowns and that's when the surgeon said you've got to come in now or it's not good because it's going to have to be left and we don't know how long the pathologist is going to take to come back and so I sort of went in there just before everything sort of shut down and I'm, and I'm glad I did um, but yeah it's you know the whole protection thing I mean there's been a lot of good that's come out of my skin cancer and look I'm not out of the woods I know there's going to be a future of me just I get Three, every three months now um, and there's going to be a future of it. So that's okay. As long as I get onto it, get onto it, get onto it. There's been a lot of um, uh, people who um, have really contacted me and I've sort of got this amazing response from people who still send me emails and photographs and say thank you and if it wasn't for you and I watch that thing and then they go off and, and a lot of these are really critical. Mm. A lot of these have been, they've said, oh, they, they got a melanoma. I had no idea. Because as I said, you and I had no idea. We look at something and it could be, particularly as you get older, mm. because it's just all these age and wisdom spots, as we call yeah. them, age and wisdom. Um, and things come to the surface and everything looks completely different. So I have a paranoia around it. I get something on my nose. I'm straight back. I'm mm-hmm. like, what's that? And it's like, okay, no, it's all right. It's just blood vessels that have da 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 And I'm like, okay. But I'd rather be paranoid and get things checked. And I think, you know, it's it's just one of the things I had on my face was was just I was invisible. I could not see it. Um, so that sort of that scares me because I'm there's just stuff that's going on. Mm. Um, and look, that's why it's important. I mean, I mean, one of the good things that came out of this whole thing for me was was yes, it gives me a platform to talk about it. You know, um, I found out that there were hats that are UPF 50 plus hats. I mean, I, it was an email that came to me after we shot the woman's weekly story. And it was like, do you realize the hat you're wearing is not necessarily giving you any sun protection? I was like, what? Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, being a golfer, I was wearing, you know, little cotton caps and everything. And, you know, you go overseas and you, you, you go to Europe and you buy some 10 little dollar cute white hat and everything. Well, they're all useless because what happens is it's the, um, the, the sun rays still penetrate, particularly with guys. You know, they don't have any hair and yes. they wear caps. And that's what a lot of guys get a lot of melanoma on their, on their, you know, on their crown. But that's when I discovered this company, this Australian-made company, where they have this, this particular material called Flexi Braid, mm-hmm. which is partly recycled. And they, um, and they weave it in such a tight way that there is, there's no holes. You, you hold it up to the sun and it's solid. So we created Canopy Bay by Deborah Hutton, which was when they said to me, would you love to do a range? I was like, well, yeah, because I had no idea that I love hats, yes. but I've never had no idea that these hats I was wearing were doing absolutely nothing than just shading my face. So when we launched that in, in lockdown, um, which was amazing mm. um, because I was like, oh, shit, not great timing. But then as it turned out, it's fine. You can buy them online and all the rest of it. But, um, but yeah, that was a revelation. I wouldn't ever have known that no. 
had I not sort of gone down this down this path. Okay, so that's Canopy Bay. I've seen it. You yeah, do Canopy Bay by Deborah. Be- they're beautiful. Yeah, You've beautiful. got how many designs now? About fifteen designs or so. Yeah, there's, there's probably a few more than yeah. that. Yeah, we just launched. I did some more, um, some felt because I've moved out of Sydney, and that's quite a a young area about an hour out of Sydney, everyone was wearing felt hats in the middle of summer. I'm like, I think that's really cool. Yeah. So, and I love the felt. I went out this morning for a big walk and wore my felt hat. So I, I quite like it. But Nothing's yeah. getting through that sucker. I know, exactly right. That's fantastic. So everyone, that is Canopy Bay. I urge you to check it out. There are some beautiful designs there. And they travel well too, Deb, while we're here. I know, yeah. They're actually quite amazing because they're fully waterproof. I've been, you know, caught up. I mean, I was on a kayak once and I, I sort of fell off it, got dunked and whatever came up, the hat was perfect. So, they're, yeah, they're waterproof, but you can, yeah, you flat pack them. So when I travel overseas or travel around Australia to do whatever I'm doing, I just take two or three and they're flat packed to nothing. So, yeah, it's, I'm really proud of them. It's something that's become a, a real passion for me. And, uh, and I love design. I've always loved the design process. It's always been something I've sort of had my fingers on. So it's nice to be able to do something that's doing some good and creating a really positive change with mm-hmm. people and their um, understanding of their relationship with the sun. Well, this has, this has opened a whole new world for you, hasn't it? I mean, you could have put your profile behind anything. Um, and this one has obviously touched you personally, and you, you are really 100% into this, rallying uh, the government to make changes. I know you're now a spokesperson for the Lions, so that is a huge platform to get the message out there. Yeah, Lions Australia are extraordinary. Uh, again, it was people reaching out to me past all the, the media that, that happened. And and as I said earlier, the, the areas that are really critical that they don't have enough services around is supporting rural and regional areas around Australia. So they've had something in Western Australia, this beautiful one of the Lions presidents sort of contacted me and was chatting and he said, he said, we pulled all this money years and years ago together and they've got this truck and they just take them out of all the areas and they've got um, these um, these scanning machines. And so it's like the first the first step and, they, and they're mobile screening and they sort of just drive around and so it lets people know they can go in. If they find something looks a bit dodgy, then they send it on mm-hmm. and, uh, and then you can follow it up from there. But at least there's like that first stage of someone looking at something and scanning your skin and going, yeah, look, that looks a bit dodgy. I'd definitely follow mm-hmm. up on that or not. Like, you're good, you're clean, you're great, move on. And that's the area. So just trying to raise money to get more of those um, those mobile screening units um, out. Um, yeah, and the two states, weirdly, that don't have them are New South Wales and Queensland, which is insane. Killing me. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, they're, they're beautiful. They're just beautiful people, all volunteers and doing amazing jobs. Mm-hmm. So, look, whenever I can lend my voice, I'm there. Every time I do keynotes now, everyone's going to get lambasted. I'm going <laughs> to I'll say the same thing. Get off your ass and get your skin yep, checked. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Look, I do it on my birthday, and I know that sounds like, I don't know, a really That's random great. day, but you do your pap, you do what your skincare, you do your, your screenings, yeah. you do everything. And because of my life is topsy-turvy and I'm never sure where I'm going to be yeah. or when I'm going to be there, at least on my birthday, I know it comes around every year if I'm lucky. To do it. I know, but it's kind of like my <laughs> gift to me, I suppose. Yeah, right. um, but otherwise I would forget and years would go by. And I, I wouldn't think about it. And it was the same with my paps. Mm. I was like, oh, I don't know. Like I had a couple of kids yeah. in between. I'm not sure yeah. when my last yeah. one was. Um, yeah. yeah, not not, <laughs> not like going out to lunch with your girlfriends. <laughs> Whatever works. <laughs> Whatever works. You get it done in the morning. But that's my advice to everyone too. But you know what? 
I always say to people, because uh, if you're going to see a derm, you need a you need a referral, which is I wish we'd sort of change that a little bit. But anyway, it is what it is. So as soon as you get your referral, you go and get your skin checked, and then before you leave, you make sure that you get another skin check. So you get two within that twelve mm-hmm. months, and you always book your skin check that twelve months in advance, so it's there. Next time you go, book the one ahead. So you always got one in the diary. You never leave and pay the bill and not have an appointment booked. Just don't do it. It just makes perfect it sense. It does. I was really interested in a comment you made earlier on that the skin cancer clinics and things, and, and you know, thank God for them because they are popping up everywhere and you can find one in, in most uh, shopping centres now, but they are not as qualified, obviously, as a dermatologist. No. No, a dermatologist um, uh, requires six plus years uh, on top of being a GP um, to go to go down that track, which is substantial. Mm-hmm. And then also they um, require um, to be kept up to date because the technology is, is changing, mm-hmm. you know, quite dramatically in terms of uh, surgery, uh, machines, extraordinary machines that can scan things. There's now a machine. I went and saw this doctor recently because I did have something on my nose and I was convinced that it was skin cancer. And the nose is difficult because there's no flesh there. It's just it's cartilage. Mm-hmm. So very difficult. Um, to and they said, oh, we might want to do a biopsy. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's the last thing yeah. I need is to have a big chunk out of my nose with stitches in there. So, you know, there's a particular machine uh, this doctor has out at Whoop Whoop that can actually see the um, the depth through the layers of the skin to see if the skin, how far the skin cancer has gone down into the skin mm-hmm. and the width of it, even though it's like a, you see nothing there. And you, it's tiny. So it's quite extraordinary how the scan, these scanning machines are coming. So it's important for dermatologists not only to be across um, new creams and because and, and, there's also these Aldaras and the Epidex and everything that you do to kind of like a chemo cream to clean your skin up. I've done that. So it's all these things. So dermatologists are far more across what's happening because these skin specialists, as far as I'm aware, they spend about six months, they get a certificate, then they can set, set up a skin cancer clinic. And I have had experiences with friends of mine who have gone into these places and they'll just get out a big um, hole punch and they go, oh, yeah, it looks a bit sus, and they'll just take it out. And, um, and it's very rough and sometimes they're probably taking out skin that's unnecessary. Other times they might miss um, a particular, misdiagnose. And this, this is the, the issue. So... It's, look, it's difficult. This is why I think the government's got to sort of look at it because um, or maybe they should make it a, you know, a um, to be qualified. I think they need to change the qualifications. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit more than just a six-month year. All of a sudden I'm a, I'm a skin cancer specialist mm-hmm. and I can set up a clinic. Um, that's not my area, but I just know from my experience that, that is, um, that's happening. That's so, and as you say, the technology is there. Obviously, um, it'll be getting cheaper and cheaper as well as as those machines are made and more readily yeah, available. But, you know, hopefully yeah. GPs can also have those at their disposal. And then you hope they say, just just go and see this person. Here's the referral. I know. And look, they're they're not they're not cheap. They're they're half a million to a million dollars a machine. There's things called vectors and stand when you can stand there and it just scans you. And the important thing is having someone that you have a relationship with in terms of whether it's a doctor, skin specialist, dermatologist. Because every time you go back, they should they should note and map that there's an area of concern and they go back and they look. So you keep seeing different people, they've got no reference. They've not got no historical reference. So it's if you do find somebody, then it's it's critical that I like them. You know, make sure they're young <laughs> if you can, and you just have a relationship with them that goes on and on and on, and then that way you just you're mapping your history 
with your skin, which would be the smart way to um, to approach it. Deb, was this cancer scare your first, um, I guess, brush with the future? Had you really considered ageing much before that? Because you are eternally youthful to me. Oh, right. <laughs> um, well, this cancer, um, I suppose you could say it came back. This is my second because I had two. They're almost identical. The surgeries were almost identical. So 12 years ago, I had pretty much the same surgery where they took out quite a huge flap from my from the same area and I thought it was all said and done and when this one came up just pre-COVID ISO um, just another point of, of, of interest is any cancers around the nose lip and cheek area it's like an open there's a lot of like an open little freeway so cancer cells can sort of roam around there as opposed to like if it's on your elbow right, right. and so if there's any area that has had trauma, which I had previously had, you know, skin cancer, it tends to target those trauma areas. So that's why it came back because it's just the worst possible place to get skin cancer is around that nose, cheek and top lip area because I said it's just a lot, lot of cells opening. So in terms of ageing, look, I, you know, I hate that word ageing. Um, I loved, you know, I my face is my face. If I can say anything skin heals. Skin heals really, really well. And I've seen some incredible surgeries that um, I've seen before, medium, after, and I've looked at and gone, wow, that's incredible. You can hardly tell. And so, you know, I don't, I look after my skin. I don't do much else to it other than just, you know, look after it with creams and stuff like that. This is all, I think I've got an amazing surgeon. I'm really happy. He's the guy to go back to when things, you know, happen in the future. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I love being 60. I turned 60 at the beginning That's of the year. That's it. Right? We're, we're pro-aging. We're all about getting older. We want to get older. Yeah. <laughs> it's bring on ageing, yeah, no, I'd I, say. <laughs> I really love it. I mean, you know, you've got a few creaks, you know, when you get out of bed in the morning, but you just keep strong, keep at it, just got to keep moving. And and I love uh, I love being this age for for the reasons of of just of owning it and, and, um, and sort of, I don't know, just owning my life a little bit more than I have in the past, yeah. you know, so doing things I love. And what are those? Do you have any rituals that you do every day, whether it be a skincare ritual or just something that's for you that's a non-negotiable? I meditate uh, every day. I'm supposed to do it twice. It doesn't always happen. Um, I find that just a lot of shit that gets out and just puts it away to kind of brings you back into the present and just going things you can get really hooked up on, worried about stuff. And, of course, you always worry about something that's going to happen, but it hasn't happened, so why would you worry about it? But you do. You're like, what if? And then what if that? And then what if that? And you go, well, that may not even happen. Mm-hmm. So it's about, to me, that's about bringing it back and going, let's just be present with it and less stressful. But, no, I just, um, exercise is a thing for me. I, I moved out of Sydney and I, you know, I'm in a beautiful area where there's surf and trees and, and rainforest and and I love I love my time. I'm, you know, I'm, I've always gone to the gym and done Pilates, but I love the walking and I'm just thinking if I just do that, go to the gym, do some weights. I'm a mad Pilates fan, so I've been doing that for years. But um, but that's just about I don't want to be in my 80s and not being mobile. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. I want to be active. It's not about anything. I mean, I'm, you know, it's just, I suppose just accepting this time of life and there's, there's all the shit that goes with it, which is fine. You go, oh, well, lucky to be here. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. At the Ageing Project, I've been lucky enough to speak to so many specialists across so many areas. And one of the ones that stuck with me was, you know, talk to your 10-year-older self. How do you want to be in 10 years' time? Because you've got to start that 
today, don't you? If you haven't done it already, if you want to be doing, you know, um, walking trails through Spain when you're 80, you really got to get yeah. your act together now. Yeah, yeah, that's well, that's very true, you know. And I, I never, and also, you know, um, I, I'm sort of more accepting of myself. I, I, in terms of weight, I've never been. I'm, I'm a bit of a foodie, and I love cooking, and I love entertaining. But I've always really struggled trying to sort of, you know, keep down and and turning, you know, sixty and sort of post menopause, whatever. It's really hard, and I just go, oh my god, all those clothes I used to fit into that I've been hanging on for the last twenty years, they don't fit yeah, anymore. Screw and I just. <laughs> My beautiful boyfriend, he always says to me, but I love you, I love you, I just wish you were bigger. I'm like, I don't want to be any bigger, but I've just come into terms with the fact that I'm going to be hanging on to, you know, three or four kilos I cannot get rid of, and I'm not going to stress about it anymore. I just go, okay, that's shit. I've stressed about it my whole life. And a mate of mine said years ago, I've never forgotten, she said, you know, in 10 years' time, she said, love the body you're in because in 10 years' time you'll look back and you'll Yeah, that's body. right. That's right. So, I, you know, that's kind of a, it's a change for me. But, yeah, and I think that's because, you know, I started my work at 16 modelling and then I was, you know, in television magazines and, you know, just it's all about sort of image-driven. And I suppose getting to the point where I'm 60, um, yeah, I'm, I'm still working and I have my, my homewares range, you know, home with Deborah Hutton, I have my hats, the two passion projects. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't have to be out there every day. I don't have a stylist saying, you know, we need to put you in this and that and the other and, and there's a freedom to it. So it's about self-acceptance. That's the strongest thing for me. And have that bowl of pasta for lunch because if you go to the beach and you swimmers after, you're still going to look magnificent, Deb. <laughs> Yeah, pass it for lunch, not dinner. <laughs> We've got an amazing, <laughs> you know, a, an incredible profile, as I said, over so many years and women are listening and hopefully then then looking after their, their partners and their friends and their families around them to make sure that this message does become front of mind again because I do believe it's been sort of lost in the ether somewhere and we are taking it for granted. We've had such horrendous weather um, across the country in the last two years and I know we're all mm. worshipping the sun now because finally yeah. we're getting some some great days again. But this is something that we cannot let go. We are all on board with you. Um, I do encourage everyone to jump onto that Skin Deep doco because it'll scare the pants off you, but I think that's what we all mm. need as well. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Good, exactly right. And thank you and I appreciate you helping me spread the word, Shelley. It's, um, it's good. It's important, right. really important. We're with you 100% of the way on this one. All right. And if I can chat to you about menopause, Pilates, meditation on another day, <laughs> we will do that too. <laughs> All right. Lovely to see you, You Shelley. too. Take care. Thank you so much, Deb, for sharing your story with us and making the fabulous documentary Skin Deep, which you can all easily find on YouTube by Googling Skin Deep and Deborah Hutton. Like I said in the beginning, get off your ass, get your skin checked. Or as Deb said more diplomatically, and I put it in her words, I strongly suggest getting your skin checked and by the right person. And if in doubt, just get a second opinion. We have intuition for a reason, so let's tune in to our intuition. The experts don't always get it right. I know I'm sounding a little bit ranty, but I have watched Deb's doco and I think as many people as possible shouting this message and sharing this message is going to make the change that she and we are all after. Of course, our must-try-it store has our favourite clean sun creams, free from any chemicals like the oxybenzone. So please, after watching Skin Deep and booking your check, 
check out, you must try it and have a look at the skin cream that we have there for you. One for your bathroom, one for your car, one in your handbag. And for those who can't resist the golden glow, of course, we also stock a beautiful organic fake tan range. And don't forget Deb's hats canopybay.com.au. There are some gorgeous styles there. As she said, one for every location, one for every occasion. Oh, people, we have a lot of work to do. So let's look after our skin and remember that a suntan actually equals trauma for your skin. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Shelley Craft. I hope today's conversation will help save some lives. Please share it with your loved ones. And thank you so much for listening.